Initializing Host Playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. Speaking of non-metal, did you get your Christmas shopping done yet? Or are you broke like me? Or maybe you don't even celebrate Christmas, but you know, that's a different story altogether. You gotta feed capitalism, dammit! Coming up, we return with Baffle to talk more of the Thrash album with the relatable title, Fuck Off 2020. I feel like a lot of us are shouting that a lot. But first, we slow things down with Death Doom band Dusk and their first album in 28 years. Plus, we do a deep dive into an album you said is essential metal listening. Is this true? Should this album be an essential listen for any metalhead? All this and so much more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. And we're going to start off not with any reviews, but with a snail's pace. Yeah, we're slowing things down to a crawl now. Let's get to talking with Death Doom metal band Dusk about their new album, Dissolve Into Ash. It just dropped this past Friday. Uh, for those who are interested, December 8th is when it came out. It's the first album in 28 years. Can you fucking believe that? People say Tool waited a long time to release a new album. Yeah, they ain't got shit on Dusk with this one. I can not only imagine how long and just how tantalizing a new release from Dusk must have been. But uh, a while ago with Dusk, I got to sit down with Steve Crane of Dusk, uh, Steve Crane, the vocalist and bassist, quite a bit ago to talk about the band, this new album, the 28-year-long wait, and a bunch else. So let's get straight into it, and welcome to the Metal Robot server's Dusk, right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. Steve, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? Doing really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to. So, uh, so I'll be honest here. Before I uh, before I got a chance to list to see I, before I saw the press release, I didn't know a whole lot about Dusk. Can you give me a quick rundown as to who Dusk is, uh, and also what happened in that long decades long stretch of no music? Yeah, for sure. Um, we started out in like 1993, the beginning part of 1993. It was just me, a couple other guys from the Green Bay, Wisconsin area, just trying to do something different. And um, we basically just like, you know, that was our whole mission and goal was just to try to do something more with like emotion, kind of like taking nature, our our passion for like the north woods as it's called where we grew up um just trying to take that and making it like an, a musical journey if that was even possible you know so we were trying to be like you know atmospheric trying to like add like some certain kind of moods and atmospheres and still trying to be like as heavy as we possibly could be and in order to do that we thought like instead of playing as fast as we could that maybe we would slow it down a little bit we'd still have fast parts but we were trying just to kind of be like more slow kind of more like melodic things like that and so from there we just um put out like a demo and our demo was um picked up by a 
a label in Holland called Cyber Music for like a distribution deal worldwide. And so from there, then after that, we made another like little demo. It turned out to be in 1995. That was called Majestic Thou in Ruin. That's probably our most famous release. Um, that CD, um, somewhere throughout the years after we disbanded, actually became like heralded on the internet as like one of the greatest like doom death releases ever, which is like super weird and humbling. <laughs> because like when when we broke up as a band, like we just thought we were just like you know just like every other little band and we never thought like anyone even knew who we were much less cared about our music you know <laughs> what i mean and so from there i actually was the one that left the band they put out another like little like you know like release here and there and um played a couple shows it kind of fizzled out i left the band for a majority of reasons but then like we actually after after all of these years, we got back together because there was interest in Majestic Thou and Ruin most specifically. And there was also people that were asking us, hey, would you guys play ever? Would you guys ever play again? And at that same time, then we were like approached by um, T Ted from the crypt vinyl records and he wanted to like release all of our old material on vinyl and do like a cd reissue and from there's like when things started rolling for us getting back together fully and ultimately releasing new music as well yeah because i was kind of curious about the disbanding you fizzled out was there like you don't need to go into specifics for your specific reasons for why you left but why did it fizzle out was there like a lack of interest in the band members I think we had different members after I left. There was a different bass player. There was different vocalists. And I think like the overall scene where we were from was just kind of dying out as well. That mixed with like everything else. I just think it just, it kind of like lost its luster. You know what I mean? But you did end up returning in 2015. Um, since the time when you guys started versus when you guys reunited, uh, and especially with this new album coming out, Dissolve Into Ash, which is due out December 8th, um, how has uh, you, Dusk's vision and approach to the music evolved in this time, especially with this new album? Um, I would say that we're trying to translate into the actual recording the the heaviness of our live experience without trying to be overproduced and be fake sounding you know we were trying really hard and it took like a while to find the right sound um to try to make it to like where we're where we sound as good on the recording as we do live it was really really difficult but we found a really good guy who lives by us and his name is david from source track studios and he did an excellent job helping us with that musically i would say like you know we we're just basically trying to stick with our roots but at the same time just writing stuff that we just thought was cool and heavy you know it was basically just that simple not trying to create any epic concept albums of like <laughs> in the darkness of the graveyard we find no nothing like that no, I'm not that cool. I can't come up with that stuff. <laughs> not that cool. Okay, sure, buddy. Uh, but with this new album, as mentioned, Dissolve Into Ash, it is the first full-length 
in 28 years from you guys. So uh, tell us about the journey and inspiration behind this release. You didn't come back with just a few live shows as a reunion. You decided to make a new album. What was the process and decision, like decision-making process for deciding to conceive this, this album? Yeah, I would say um, basically we just, um, we started writing some more riffs and kind of like getting together and every time we were practicing or we would get together, we would have like new ideas and stuff. And it just kind of evolved into it. Like throughout the course of the pandemic specifically, like there wasn't a lot going on and we were just kind of like bummed out and the whole world was crazy at that time. And we just used that emotion to kind of like write a really evil record, you know, and we, it was, very easy actually because you know it wasn't hard to find inspiration at all you know nope. on the news or walk down a desolate street or whatever that what's going on you know it's just like it was just light it, it just came pretty easily yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it just flowed everywhere there's like oh new song there new song here for sure <laughs> so, for sure oh yeah so with this new title the album ti- uh, sorry with this new album's title new title there was a f- old one before for that we don't talk about that one it's derived from an ancient latin funeral dirge apparently uh, or dirge i don't know it's latin can you can you tell us more about the significance of the title in relation to the music uh of this album so it comes from the it's like the dias irae or however you say it and that is like a an ancient um dirge kind of like it's really old like it's chanted it's sung at funerals things like that i use that as the inspiration because like i said you know just life in general was really defeating it was like you know it was almost like end times kind of feel for me personally and so that translated um the the certain segment that we focused on translates um the the um, the day of wrath that day will dissolve the world in ashes and there's other parts as well but we use that part just will dissolve the world in ashes as dissolve into ash and it's um basically we have a very awesome uh female vocalist and we have a song called beacon obscured it's the very first song on the release and um she does like this very like hauntingly awesome beautiful scary epic i don't even know how to describe it man it's so awesome (laughs) and then she she does that rendition in latin and it's basically became like the the whole undertone whole everything of the whole entire record itself which is this whole entire little section. And it, there's a lots of like ups and downs and it's really interesting musically as well. You know, like then we, we'd have this very hauntingly beautiful part and then we have like a really super heavy part coming right off it. And it's just, it's just really fun. It's just kind of like an attention grabber. We did take some chances on this album for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just hope that you and the fans and whoever would listen to it would like it half as much as we do. But it, it's definitely different than traditional Dusk releases, but I think it does capture our essence 
and our heaviness and our diversity. Well, can you tell me more about those chances that you were talking about? Like what chances were you taking with this new album compared to previous releases? Yeah, I think uh, most people, you know, when they think of Dusk, they think of Majestic Thou and Ruin. They think of us with the the droning, you know, mid-paced, funeral, doomy kind of stuff with like occasional keys and atmosphere. And we do have that in there. But we also, like I said, we have like this whole long drawn out section with Dana doing her vocals. We have like more of like comparing and contrasting would be the best way to say it. And so it's more of like an interesting like musical journey as opposed to playing like the same like three chords for five minutes. Right. You know what I mean? So for us specifically, it was uh, taking a chance. Also, our drummer, Sean, wrote an entire song. And it's a little bit different, but it still like catches the whole vibe of who we are, especially now. You know, I really think we're evolving musically and as a band together. I think any band member out there will tell you that when the drummer starts writing the song, that's when you start getting scared as every other member in the band. What was this one? <laughs> was that the case with this one? Or was it like, oh, thank God, we're, we're, they took it easy on us? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, we all just were kind of like, okay, man, put it into the drive. We'll listen to it. And, then, <laughs> you know, we kind of like dismissed it at first. And then we were like, you know, man, this is actually pretty cool. So we didn't even really like make any changes to it or anything. It's and it's it's cool. It has like a long, like drawn out like segment at the end. It's just kind of like really fun with like bells and majestic sounds and undertones and howlings and it's just really cool it's, it's really neat i'm glad that at, at the very least the drummer didn't start writing like chord shapes where your hand is like stretched from here to to the ground uh because that <laughs> i've seen i'm I've telling seen you man happen. if he had his way he would do that because <laughs> he's in another band and they're like super out there with that kind of stuff and he was probably holding back <laughs> because <laughs> he knows we probably can't even play that stuff so. <laughs> at least you're honest <laughs> so but we just meant we were just talking about uh of course the drummer and you were mentioning the the lead singer uh because right now the current lineup of dusk they consist of five members various different roles um so first of all like who is who's here from the original lineup who is new and uh, just go over how each member contributes to the band's overall sound and if there's any interesting dynamics or collaborations you've noticed within this group. I'm the singer, uh, vocalist, and I play bass. And all of the other members are original. We have Tim Beyer on keys, guitar. We have Steve Gross on guitar and keys as well. And then Sean Smith, he is our drummer. He's not original. He's um, He replaced Jim Ron, who did joined the band when we first got back together in 2015 but for personal reasons he could no longer do it after about a year and so then and then we also have our female vocalist dana ignarski and so she is um an official member of the band now as well and she has a little bit more of an expanded role on this release specifically. We mentioned she's now official. Was she like just a kind of a part-timer in the past or was she even there in the past? Or? Well, she, she joined when we got back together in 2015 and um, she did perform one song on the withdraw EP 
And then on this release, I think she um, is on like four songs sporadically. I, I don't mean to say that she was not in the band, but it's more like we're embracing her as like a right. part of like our new reality is probably a better way to say. Right. I wasn't trying to assume that you, that she was not like, oh, this is a boys club. Get out of here. But there's <laughs> like, uh, but I know some people will have like, I know like this is definitely way out of genre, but I know for like 2010 event sevenfold, their drummer was a session drummer, Mike Portnoy for a while before they brought on an, an actual official member. So I was, I was kind of curious if she, she was like a part-timer session musician or if she uh before eventually becoming an official member of the band yeah basically her journey was just um she was like a super good friend of mine and i thought like you know she was just like a right fit because she has a beautiful voice and i think she understands the overall vibe of what we're trying to accomplish and she's also the kind of person you know she's like theater trained classically voice trained but like she's just the kind of person man we're like i could be like hey dana can you do like a banshee streak like right here and she'll be like oh yeah let me see what i can do like no matter <laughs> what it is that i ask her that's like so outlandish or ridiculous she's like oh yeah i'm pretty sure i can do something like that you know <laughs> and so she fits in perfectly and she's also super super talented Okay, we're going to cut Steve off right there just for now, and we'll check back in the next episode. As mentioned, the new album is Dissolve Into Ash. It's out now. You can check it out through Dread Records or wherever you get your favorite albums. Coming up, we take a deep dive into Octavarium before checking back in with Ontario Thrasher Baffled. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. We'll be right back. 15 plus artists. Multiple cultures, multiple languages, one almost unpronounceable name. mother. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homoiousis. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homoiousis, a symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving, core fast. What genres? Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night, for fuck's sake! Well, we can't solve a bad phone battery. You can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. I'm just a troll. Like, I just I just don't give a, a crap. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, honestly, I've been saying fuck this entire time, so by all means. <laughs> MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back to the Metal Robot Podcast. Hope you're having a good time tonight. Now, we've all heard about essential albums. Albums that are not necessarily a requirement for repeated listening or to swear by, but are definitely a must-hear at least once for anybody. In this case, we're talking about essential albums for the metal genre. Now, whether we're talking about Metallica's Master of Puppets, Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden, Iowa by Slipknot, uh, even uh, stuff like Leprosy by Death, or Paranoid by Black Sabbath, or Black Sabbath Self-Titled, or Master of Reality, or Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, you get the point, you get the point. You know what an essential album is, but 
In this new series, Essentials Dungeon, we're going to be taking a look at albums that are considered essential listening for albums that are not necessarily the first ones to come up as essential listening. So I asked you, what do you consider to be an essential album listening? What is an album that is 100% an album that people need to check out, but is not always something that people have talked about? And you've definitely delivered from Killswitch Engage's Alive or Just Breathing to White Zombie's Astro Creep 2000 to an Anthrax compilation album? Sure, why not? Like I said, you definitely delivered on this one, and I want to keep finding out what is essential for more people, but we're going to start off with one of those picks tonight. But the question I want to ask in throughout this series is, are these actually essential listening? Are we just shouting out our favorite albums for people to check out, or are these actually going to be essential albums for every metalhead to check out, regardless of the genre, at least once? Is this essential or is this overblown? To start off the series, we've got Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise suggesting Dream Theater's Octavarium. That's not fair, Colin. You know that's my all-time favorite album. This is not fair. This is rigged, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree here with Colin. This is definitely an essential album for anybody who calls himself a prog metal fan. No doubt, this is essential progressive metal. But the question we're asking tonight is, is this essential for every metalhead? If you are a metalhead or call yourself a metalhead, should you check out Octavarium at least once? Gotta tell you, there's a lot for metalheads to love here. It is chock full of bangers for the regular metalheads to get into. From the uh, from the grooving twists and turns of The Root of All Evil, to the blasting introduction of Panic Attack, to the lopsided feel of Never Enough, yeah, there's a lot to dig into. If you're looking for variety as well, yeah, it's a well-balanced album with well-balanced slower jams as well, like These Walls, I Walk Beside You, and even the softer, ballad-esque moments like, say, the song The Answer Lies Within. Of course, you can't forget about Sacrificed Sons just being batshit crazy. For a 10-minute song, not even kidding, it changes up pretty quickly and without a lot of warning ahead of time. It's very, it's, yeah, it changes up really quickly. It's lopsided. It is just jarring, and I love every second of it. Now, all of those songs are essential, but... That's all before the closing track, and this song, the title track of the album, Octavarium, sums up exactly why I love this album so much. Let me set the stage for you here. 24 minutes, five movement piece that doesn't feel like a full 24 minutes and doesn't suck.
that tells you everything from the get-go. Seriously, you gotta really check this out if you have not already. Uh, moments that sound different from each other all throughout. It is definitely not a stagnant piece, but they all interweave and connect within the themes and uh, motifs that are holding the piece together. They are different, but also the same. They work together for this whole alp for the whole song, really. This is the reason that I think this is one of the best prog metal albums, in my opinion. It's one of the tippy top for that reason. Uh, first of all, 24 minute song holding my attention. Yeah, that is masterclass. But also the reason this this is the song of the album. This is the one song that I always point to as an essential prog metal listening, especially because I have heard so many times as a music critic, pro progressive metal musicians getting progressive metal wrong. Progressive metal can get very complicated. It can get very jarring, but it is not about the complex time signatures. It is not about how showy you can be with your musical performance chops, or even how crazy you can get with the most advanced music theory diploma possible. It's about telling a compelling story, an engaging story with the music. Every note is essential to play for the story being told, for the emotions being conveyed. It is extremely complicated, but for good reason. It's not I can play 30 second note triplet sweet pecking. What is important above all else is the story and the emotions that you are able to convey and it's intentional beyond just showing off. And that is something a lot of uh, progressive metal f musicians get wrong a lot. So yeah, whenever one of those pops up, I point to this song, this song, this album, as a, as a true testament that yes, it can get very complicated, but it's with good reason. Not even kidding guys, if you are a progressive metal musician, listen to this album and take notes. You're gonna learn a lot and you're gonna be better songwriters as a result. But of course, all of this begs the question, is it essential for the average metalhead to listen to Octavarium at least one time. It's obvious for progressive metal fans, but is it essential for the average metalhead? I would say yes, with a bit of an asterisk. <laughs> I, I'm gonna get so much shit for this. Every metalhead, I believe, should hear this album at least one time to just at least understand what the hype is about. But if you're already not a progressive music fan, you're gonna have an odd time with this one, a very hard time with the complicated arrangements and the tonal changes throughout. This is not a standard metal affair. You are going to have to really sit with it to get the full scope. But even with all of that, I still recommend this album for any metalheads who want to diversify their collection. It is a huge recommend. Even if you're not really into the softer side of metal. Yeah, this is a softer Dream Theater album in comparison to the others, but I still recommend it as an essential album for any metalhead, at least once, to see what all the fuss is about. If you don't get into it after listening to it, hey, no hard feelings. It's not for everybody, the same way Toad Screeches over Blast Beats isn't for everybody either. Yeah! You're listening to MRP Thunder.
And let's wrap things up with the face-melting thrash of Baffled. In the last episode, we talked with Jeff about the album Fuck Off 2020, the most relatable album title of thrash metal genre. I will say that till the day I die, because it's freaking true. And the band's history as well was brought up, and why there was a break before releasing this new album. We check back in to talk more about the new album and see where things go from here. This is Baffled Part 2 on the Metal Robot Podcast. Now, coming back to the uh, to the modern day here with this new album, Fuck Off 2020, um, how was your collaboration with, I hope to God I'm pronouncing this name correctly, Michael Krauschauer at Little Red Studios for mixing and mastering this new album? And how did this partnership influence the final sound of the album? Um, oh, I got in touch with Michael through uh, a friend, Charlie Goler, the Golers. He's an old friend of mine from back in Ontario and Nova Scotia. He hooked me up with him, and he actually mastered the Band from City Hall album in 2021. So I was familiar with him, so I kept him in the loop, said I'm recording some new stuff. And uh, when I was ready, sent them over. I went over there and spent a few days there and uh, mixed it in the big studio as I had recorded it here in my home studio, most of it. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really good to work with. He's worked with hundreds of local bands, and uh, he's got a good ear for metal, even though he doesn't specialize in it. That's fine, because I don't want somebody just, you know, that's all they do. Right. I like to have a different ear. And uh, he does a lot of punk metal. Yeah, and and especially getting somebody involved who's, like, with metal not being their specialty in a way. In many ways, I, I feel like that would actually, that does create a sort of unique sound. Yeah. Like just having something that's outside of the norm, getting a different yeah. ear, be like, hmm, let's bring what I know here into this unfamiliar territory and see what the hell happens. Yeah. So I'm very happy with the results. Now, uh, given that uh, the the band just rebooted recently, uh, uh, not too long ago for this new album are there any live performances that you're planning on not at this time but i'm not counting it out Ooh, all right well if you were to go on tour for this album uh <laughs> we're <laughs> just let's let's go into a bit of a hypothetical here what what places would you like to perform this album in well ultimately um europe as i feel they appreciate metal and there's a bigger scene there, possibly through the States. I mean, in Canada is difficult. Everything is so far apart. That being said, I, I'm not opposed to driving a bit of Canada. I've done it a few times. Um, it's a beautiful country to drive across. So I think I would hit, uh, you know, lower mainland, uh, Penticton, BC, maybe Calgary. Um, Jeez, lots of lots of towns in Ontario have pretty good metal scenes, I've heard. Yeah, I mean, especially like there's a lot of like Kitchener, Hamilton, yeah. those are good places. Um I'm spacing on the a horseshoe. couple. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the majority of the horseshoe has got a great scene. So that would work. Something like that, maybe uh yeah, out to Toronto and back. That those would be great places to go. I mean, especially if you can plan like a road trip or something like that. Yeah. Through Ca- through can through Canada. That would that is sounds like an amazing <laughs> road trip. 
<laughs> well, I've done it not with, well, I've done some touring with bands, but I've driven across the country on my own with, with family and that. So it, it's beautiful. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. Now, of course, when it comes to, uh, if you were to play, play this album live, of course, the artwork has to make an appearance and especially in the metal world, that is a big thing. Can you tell us about the design and concept behind this album cover aside from just invoking the feeling of, oh yeah, 2020 did happen. Oh God. <laughs> um, I've had mixed reactions. Um, really? Yeah. Some, some people are like, oh, that's cool. It's apocalyptic. It's like destruction, total destruction. And, uh, well, that's what I was going for. Um, I came up with the concept came up with what I wanted in there. And I, sent that off to the designers and they came up with that the logo baffled logo is revamped from the older one mm. it's very similar but they modernized it is what i asked and uh came up with the imagery for the i guess the total destruction apocalyptic type picture yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody else feels like that but uh, that's how i feel sometimes <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it, hey you know what it, it's a good album cover for a good title of an album and a great sounding album at the end of the at the end of all of that yeah. to just Thanks, put it all together now given that this is this is at the time of this recording at least the album's still a, a bit away we're still waiting on it to come out in like a month right so uh, what do you have any plans for any future releases beyond this or is this sort of like a hope let's see what people think of this and go from there in the future yes i'm looking at my notes and uh there may be a part two in the works i'm, I'm not saying anything <laughs> just <laughs> j just tick up the year by one two three <laughs> there, there's seven or eight songs to choose from <laughs> mostly written um i've actually started recording one of them so and demoed a few of the other ones. So yeah, I'm moving ahead, man. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not sitting back. I can't do that. I may be a bit ADD. I don't know. I've never uh -huh. been diagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely can't sit still. And, right. and now that I'm rolling with this, uh, I'm not going to sit still. You know, I'm going to keep going and, and get another one in the can, hopefully within a year, I hope. Now that's going to be yeah, my man. second. That was actually be my second question, given that you're recording. How soon can we expect some new music? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got some goals and, and reached or not. Yeah. Within a year, I'll have it out. I feel sounds good to me. And I do have one final question for you uh, as we start to close the uh, close off the night here. One final question that is probably the most important question that I could ever ask. If you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? Oh, Tony, the tiger. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's great. Great. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about that new album, Fuck Off 2020. It is due out October 20th, so you can pick it up when that comes out. It'll be on Bandcamp, I'm sure. Is it going to be on streaming as well? Yes, Spotify, iTunes. Okay, so make sure you go pick it up there and support this new project, this revamped, pro this new from the old project. <laughs> So Jeff, Thanks, once again, yeah, Jeff, thank you once again for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.
It is out now for you to stream and buy, so go do so to support the artist, and be sure to tell Baffled the robot sent you. And I know, I know I've been tough on Thrash in the past on this podcast and on the YouTube channel. I've been tough on Thrash in the past and present and probably the future, but I am curious to know if I should get more thrash metal bands on the show to talk about the genre just a bit more, or hell, even get the side of thrash doing their own thing. Let me know, I'd love to get your thoughts on this one. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. All right, it's time to head to the doors to wrap up the night. But before we go, I want to make a quick note about this next episode coming up. The podcast is going to be on a bit of a short break for the holidays, but I will also have a new episode out before the new year. So just stay tuned for that. Not only will Dusk return, but we're going to speed things up again with Bacterial Husk, the band who somehow used up every single one of my Zoom minutes before the interview was finished. That was definitely something for sure. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot, or head on over to our online hub, TheMetalRobot.com for all things Metal Robot. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Happy holidays, and have a good night. Music